I'm very devoted to my roots and my family and my passions and horses. So I was a bit lost. And within that homesickness, Pampa started. Um, with that desire to reconnect with my culture, my heritage, my nature, that, that fire and fuel within took us back to Argentina a year later and we started traveling through remote Argentina, especially the north of Argentina and meeting like artisans and like, we didn't really know what we were looking for. We just need to go back together and explore and like reconnect on how we met. And that took us to where we are now. Welcome to Imprint, a podcast about creating a home and life you love. I'm Natalie Walton, an interior designer, stylist, and best-selling author focused on an holistic approach to homes. Each week, I'm sharing insights and interviews about the creative process to help you enhance both your interiors and well-being, as well as provide you with the tools and resources to make considered and sustainable choices with all that you create. Hello everyone, welcome to Imprint. I'm really looking forward to sharing my conversation today with Victoria Aguirre of Pampa. I know her as Vicky because she's a dear friend of mine in um, the Byron Bay region. She has, as I mentioned, got a business called Pampa and I'm sure many of you are familiar with it. It's a very exciting time for her business. This is the 10th year that she has been in business, which is quite an achievement and um, a beautiful timing. It turns out that they have just recently been certified B Corp, which is, you know, it's a huge deal for a company. B Corp is like basically a powerful force for good. It's a way that you can certify yourself that you prioritize people alongside profit so that, you know, you are really an ethical and sustainable business. And it's a big process to go through B Corp accreditation and, um, and certification. And, and that is what Pampa has done and Vicky and her team. So um, a great way for her to celebrate 10 years in business. Vicky is, you know, an incredibly hardworking person. She shares the ups and downs of, of running um, a business. And, um, you know, I'm a huge fan of her products, as are many other people that I know who work in the interiors industry. They create beautiful rugs. I will let her share the story of how it all came to be and uh, the journey that she has taken. So please enjoy my conversation with Vicky from Pampa. Hi, Vicky. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. I feel like this one has been a long time coming. Um, I'm obviously such a huge fan of everything that you create. I love what you've created with Pampa and we're going to get into that. But I always like to start at the beginning of people's journeys and just getting a little bit more of an insight into, you know, who you were growing up, where you grew up and, you know, were you creative as a child? Because obviously you've gone on this, this journey of now living in another country and all of these other things, but let's kind of go back to the beginning and uh, you can share a little bit about your childhood. Okay, sounds good. Uh, first of all, thank you, Natalie, for having me on your podcast. Uh, we know each other for a few years now, and I think we share that beautiful passion for earthy tones, homes and whatnot. So it makes so much sense for me to be um, in your podcast today. Um, excuse everyone for my English. I may sound a bit weird, one or two words here and there. It's just like, it's not my first language. So, um, can be a bit tricky sometimes, but let's do it. Um, so I was born in Buenos Aires, um, Argentina. Um, and I'm the oldest of five siblings. Um, I grew up, I feel like in a way my parents were creative. So my mom is just a mom, um, but she is very, very devoted to home and the legacy of creating a cozy home and that grounding experience of being at home, like growing up, that was such a big thing, you know, plus she's very connected to like earthy tones and things like that. So I always kind of like, 
admire my mom from that angle. My dad is an engineer. Um, he loves surfing and loves traveling. So he's like the opposite of my mom, like in a way. And he worked really hard all his life. And I think the biggest thing I learned from him is like dream big, but work hard. Um, so I grew up in a family where we were very supported and like, yeah, quite balanced, you know, from those two different angles of what I just said before from between my mom and my dad. Um, but I think it's important to mention that my mom's family has a farm south of Argentina in a place called La Pampa, that in Quechua language means uh, fertile earth amongst the mountains, um, open plains, big horizons, skies. And um, so that place really has... Um, brought a lot to my life and um, inspired me to, in a way, named my business under that name. And that passion for the land and the earthy tones comes a lot from there. Um, my passion from horses comes from there. My family from my mom's side um, loves horses and is in my, in my blood in a way. And um, that understanding and that connection with these animals, I believe made me a better person till today. Like I have three beautiful horses and I miss them a lot while being here in Australia. But every time I spend time with them, I learn so much from these animals. So growing up, I was very passionate for being in nature, had big imagination and played outdoors. Um, one of my biggest memories is riding horses barefoot with my siblings and my cousins and like no saddles, anything. We used to like create this clay mud and paint our horses. It's one of my most beautiful memories ever. Like I was really free growing up, you know. Um, so also I feel like it's important to say that photography comes and plays a big part in my life also growing up. I got gifted by my parents a pocket camera, like a point and shoot, pink, beautiful film camera. And I feel like they both knew since early days that I was a creative child and I needed a way to express myself. So um, yeah, photography comes very early in my life. Um, also my grandfather plays a big part of my creative journey because he was an avid reader and had this big bookshelf and library at his house in, in this farm. So my imagination of by reading books and observing him and like the time spent with books uh, played a big role when starting Pampa as well. Um, so yeah, that's, that's me growing up really, though I spent a lot of time in the city because I went to school in Buenos Aires. Um, my biggest memories and inspirational memories for becoming who I am today would be connected to this place called Pampa. Yeah. So what about then when, you know, and I often ask people about this, is that, you know, we have these childhoods and then we're going to school and we get to that age where it's time to start thinking about, well, what am I going to do after school? What is going to be my next step? Am I going to go to university? Am I going to get a job? What kind of job might I get? So what were your thoughts of that process? Was it immediately were you drawn to photography or did you want to explore other areas first? Well, um, photography was a passion. Um, so I, when I finished school, I kind of always knew I wanted like a creative career and my parents really pushed me to study in university something. So I studied graphic design, but then I moved into an advertising degree, advertising and marketing while continue studying photography on the side, like doing uh, short courses in creative more schools, not so much as a university as such, you know? Um, I did my career and once I finished my degree, um, I did some internships in, um, advertising agencies and, um, then I started properly working in an advertising agency. But after two years, I think it was only two years that I worked, uh, for someone else. I realized like that was not my path. I, 
um, or kind of like started feeling I always wanted to do something for my own self. So I quit that and I started freelancing as a photojournalism for different magazines. I used to write as well quite quite well. So I was joining those two passions like writing, reading and photography and did some graphic design jobs on the side. So the freelancing journey kind of started early days and um, till I kind of like found, find like what I wanted to do as a business, but I kind of knew from the early starts, I wanted to create something that I could lead and manage, you know? Um, so yeah, and um, that was me then. Um, while studying photography, I feel like this is important to mention that those early days, I also um, started developing my series as a photographer, the Pampa Jose series, that is my main series that people would know. Um, um, and these were all taken in um, this farm I grew up with in, in, in La Pampa. So it's my connection and my internal dialogue with these animals. And I've been developing this series since those early years. So it's been an ever evolving journey for me. So yeah, that's me. Um, so, so how then, at what point did you then decide to come to Australia? Because obviously that was like a big change in your journey and change in direction and, um, you know, changed the course of everything in many ways. I changed my whole life, man. Like, whoa. <laughs> so um, I had a big breakup and I moved to New York out of like, a sudden, I decided I wanted to move to New York and I started studying, um, continue studying photography there at ICP. And I need like a break from it all, you know, you needed a shift. So I spent like a good time there, best years of my life, really working and like doing all these sort of things. Um, and when I moved back to Argentina for the summer break, I went into uh, I took this assignment for this magazine because I was still freelancing while being in New York for for these different magazines from Argentina. So they took me to Chile, that is next to Argentina, um, to cover this assignment. And that's where I met Carl. I met Carl. He's Australian and he's my partner now as well. <laughs> and um, we just met in the middle of the desert in north of Chile in Atacama Desert. And it was kind of love at first sight, I feel, because we instantly connected. I think the fact that he was coming, he took a year off to travel all through Latin America while surfing and getting into the culture and learning Spanish. And he was starting taking photos as well. So I think that passion of photography kind of brought us together and the love of being in nature and hiking and exploring and yeah, so his trip was coming to an end because he was getting like south of Latin America and he had to move back to Australia and told me, you want to come with me? And I was like, oh, okay, to Australia, where, where that even, where is that? <laughs> Not really, but like it was so far from like what I ever, ever imagined. And I was like, yeah, sure. And yeah, and that's how it all started. I moved to Australia. Um, that first year was a bittersweet of emotions. I remember being excited for all the new stuff I was seeing, but at the same time, really, really homesick. Um, as you would know by now, I'm very devoted to my roots and my family and my passions and horses. So I was a bit lost. And within that homesickness, Pampa started um, with that desire to reconnect with my culture, my heritage, my nature, that that fire and feel within took us back to Argentina a year later. And we started traveling through remote Argentina, especially the north of Argentina and meeting like artisans. And like, we didn't really know what we were looking for. We just need to go back together and explore and like reconnect on how we met and that took us to where we are now it's 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 funny how it all turns out but we saw these textiles and i was like well i always loved home and the meaning of home like my, all the things that my mom kind of brought to us you know growing up 
And I like, I need to create a home for myself in Australia. And for that, I need to feel warm and like grounded and like that, that feeling of belonging, you know? And we brought five or 10 textiles slash rugs in our suitcase with us and started an online store and created a beautiful story and very meaningful from the day one. And yeah, that's, that's how it all kind of started. So as we're recording now, you are about to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of Pampa. So it's it's been quite a journey. And I think that, I mean, like I said at the start, you know, I mean, I love, I've always loved um, Pampa. I've known of you from the very beginning. At that point, I was living in Sydney. I was working as an interior stylist. I remember, you know, borrowing your product for photo shoots and, and knowing of you in, in that kind of way. And that was, I think you were, maybe you were based on the Gold Coast at that point. You hadn't yet moved to Byron Bay. Um, so, so, you know, I mean, I, I just, I think the thing for me with, with you and what you've created with Pampa is I've just got such huge respect for the everything that kind of you do. I mean, you do everything so thoughtfully from the products that you source to the, the collections that you create to the the branding, to the marketing of it, to like everything just all comes together, you know, so beautifully. And, but running a business is, is a journey and, you know, it's not always an easy journey. And you've, you've shared a little bit about <clears throat> the start of that and what inspired you, but what did the business look like then in those early days, you know, because and well, maybe you can compare it to what it looks like now in terms of, you know, the products that you were offering or what was your focus or, um, you know, what was like, did you have like a, a launch collection or, you know, what did it look like in those early days? And, and then how did you, I guess, start getting your name out there? Because that's one of the hardest things for people who are starting out on a business is actually, you know, getting people to know of you. I mean, 10 years ago, Instagram, I don't know if it had, maybe had started then, but it would have been very much in its infancy. So, you know, even that was a different landscape. Yeah, well, very interesting. I think from the very early days, I remember our first EDM. Oh my God. I still look at it sometimes. <laughs> we knew uh, that we wanted to promote um, earthy, beautiful textiles made by hand, the slow ways with fair trade practices, adding like meaningful things to people's homes. So um, it was just Carl and I, we were living on the Gold Coast because originally Carl was living there and um, just working millions of hours a day, traveling to Melbourne and Sydney in our little red car, full of suitcase of rugs knocking on people's doors that's that's how we did it you know i remember oh my god through the city each of us we were carrying like two suitcases each for presentations and we were just really lucky along the way i feel people really resonated with the product and the story at the same time both things came can in hand you know um Koskela in sydney took us on board and that kind of took off from there um, Real Living was a very, like, and Design Files as well, both of them really supporting us from the get-go. Um, I think being us both being photographers, we had really beautiful imagery um, and that really, really helped. Um, and a new product, I feel like no one had feel um, felt before the Argentinian textiles and the beauty within, you know. Um, then we moved three years after we launched the brand, we moved to the to Byron Bay. I always knew I wanted to live in Byron since I arrived to Australia. It's just like the community here, it's it's beautiful and I love it. And I feel much more, I don't know, relaxed in a way. Um, the nature as well and the access to nature in Byron is something really special and I need that for my mental health. Um, so once we moved to Byron, we were still working from home. And then we had the chance to um, move into pop with Bob and Scott. Um, Bob and Scott from, they used to be in Melbourne, but now they're in WA, but they're good friends of ours. They were opening a store in Byron Bay. And we took the lease together and shared like their furniture with our rugs was a match made in heaven, uh, really. And um, 
then we moved into our own showroom because we had too many products and we couldn't fill that space, like that shared space didn't work anymore. And uh, we started expanding our team. Um, we are 11 between Argentina and Australia nowadays. And um, yeah, that's that's where we're at. So you've sort of shared that, uh, you know, you would literally just drive around to sort of show your wares to people, um, to get that publicity, to get that exposure, you know, putting your, um, you know, dealing with the media so you could get press in that kind of way. This is like we said, pre-Instagram days. How has that changed your business? I'm curious. Um, how has that helped you grow? Uh, our Instagram is where our community is and we have a lot for that like our community means so much to us like because i think people know it's a family-run business and it's us behind it it's so tight the relationship you know with our customers and clients and instagram brought us the, the opportunity to showcase our product in an instant way to our customers and um made that relationship even stronger I feel like it's important to mention that from the day one, I knew I wanted to do this the most professional way possible and to it to become like a company, like a, you know, a thing, not just like a project to go on a market. Like I never done the markets, like nothing to do. I don't have anything against markets, but like, you know, I always was like, I'm going to Sydney, I'm going to Melbourne. I have to make this right. You know, I was just too proud of this product and I needed to show it the right way. So just the combination of being aware of like the importance of media and press, the importance of marketing, of photography, of community, of like minded business owners that surround you uh, just made it all happen, I think. Yeah. And what about then you mentioned, you know, you opened your retail store. Is that still the same space that you're in today? Is that, that the yeah, one? Chip store. It's in Byron Bay. It's a beautiful building, um, two story where we have a messaging level upstairs where we have our office and studio and downstairs is more of a concept store where we showcase our rugs and um, cushions and throws amongst our photography prints and small little wears um, ceramics and things like that for people that want just to get something really small. Um, yeah, it's the same place and we love it. We absolutely love it. It's like walking into <laughs> lanolin heaven, really. <laughs> the smell and the beautiful um, music and everything, it just transport, transports me to my place back in Argentina. It is. It's beautiful. And if anyone hasn't visited, then you must put it on the top of your list if you, if you come to Byron Bay. But um, and now talk to me about your relationship with working with interior designers, because I know that um, I mean, I've you know, with my own clients, I've used your um, your rugs, your beautiful rugs and products in, in projects that I have worked on. How important is that for a homewares business or for your business? Because, you know, there's lots of people who are listening to this podcast who either have got their own businesses or starting it and sort of don't know where to start. What what role has that played in your business? Um, it's a very good question, actually. Um, tr trade as well, interior designers trade. Um, it's a very important part of our business because we offer this best box service where you can design your own rug. Actually, we specialized in that. So offering that um, made our business really grow and interior designers reaching out to us for specific um, sizes and designs uh, for the clients' homes. So our relationship with interior designers, is it's really good and it's growing. And um, it's because of that, I feel, aside from that, they like buying like extra soft furnishing from us like the cushions and the throws it's just the rug service of designing your own and designing your own size and colors what attracts um, interior designers to Pampa. and what about working with the artisans obviously what you create is a very um you know it's a sort of like a product that's made in a sort of a slow process time honored way 
you know, getting that balance right between products that are, you know, artisanal, but also meeting a huge demand. Like, how do you juggle that? Because that, that obviously must mean, you know, it's not like you're going to China and getting it made in a factory. Like this is, can you, maybe you can just actually share a little bit of a light on like the actual process, what goes in to making the rugs or the, the cushions? Because I think that will be helpful for people to get a bit of an understanding of the process that's involved. So um, in Argentina, we have an office run by my brother, who is my, our business partner. So it's us three, Carl, my partner, Manuel, my brother and me. And he runs the Argentinian team. Um, and he works side by side with uh, our weavers. Though I'm still involved in like, uh, we use WhatsApp, the chat because they don't have emails or computers. So it's just depending on the signal on their phone, the way we communicate because they live very remotely. Like they don't live in a city or in big towns. They live like kind of in the dry desert, in the mountains, different areas like that. So we speak to them daily and my brother and his team travel um, constantly to meet with them. And it's been an interesting journey, what you mentioned, especially we trade in the US where they uh, need rugs that are really, really big. So a two by three meter rug is a very small rug for the US market. So um, growing that and expanding that and um, taking our weavers on that journey uh, was very interesting. And also the fact that most of them are naturally dyed and colors may vary depending on the season of the year, winter, summer, spring, uh, colors vary. Um, that's been another interesting thing. So we're constantly in a way teaching our <laughs> clients um, that all these things may happen, Very a little bit of variation in size, a little bit of variation in color, but it, that's the beauty of our product. Like you fill the earth with our rugs and textiles and cushions, and you need to appreciate um, that grounding experience and that sense of awareness and attention that those bring more than like if it's perfect or not, you know? It's more of a, another experience, you know? You just go for the ride and, and admire that. Um, artisan like work yeah no I mean they're they're really beautiful and I think that they're they're perfectly imperfect you know they're the the colors and the tones and the the textures I mean you can really tell that they're they're handmade but there is a, a huge amount of quality there with the products um you know and I think there's that reliability with them you know like that you know that you know, it, it will be a beautiful product that you get. And the smell, I mean, it's such a beautiful smell. <laughs> I just like, I can't can even recall the smell now. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, I think our clientele really appreciate that slow, um, slow process behind the rugs. And even the interior designers sometimes like come in hand in hand with that. I know they have deadlines and like, but they're very respectful. They're very respectful with it all, you know, which is great. Yeah. And so as you mentioned, you've you've started to grow a team. What, you know, what was one of your first hires that you had as part of growing your team? Because I think again, this is something that people who have their own business, when when you're doing everything, you know, sometimes it can be hard to let go. And it, but there comes a point, I think, where you do have to let go because you, you just physically can't do everything yourself. Can you share your journey to growing your team and what that's looked like? Yeah, our first employee was um, a graphic designer um, who did a, bit, did a bit of everything, graphic design and answering emails and customer service. And But yeah, she did it all. She was amazing. And then um, we moved into hiring someone to help us pack orders and then that person, um, she's with us till today. She became um, working in marketing, customer service, selling rugs to interior designers. And we hired another person for sales. And we hired our retail team that takes care of the store. And yeah, now we have a, a, specialist, a specialist person just for trade sales, um, which is amazing with work that works close with closely with interior designers and we have our little marketing team that's little but mighty and our retail team yeah so it's yeah I mean it's it's quite a 
quite a, a business now that's grown, you know, over these past 10 years. What, what about some of the processes that you find really helpful? Like, do you have, um, like, what does your week look like? As you mentioned, you were kind of doing everything at the start. So what, what's your role involved in, in terms of like on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis? And, you know, what are maybe some of the tools that you use that you find helpful to kind of run your business? Yeah, well, um, I don't have much of a structure. It's just a lot of hours and hard work for me, which I'm trying to change. But I start really early with Argentina because we have 13-hour differences. So Argentina is going to sleep or finishing the day and I'm starting here. So we have like two hours meetings or an hour meeting catch-up daily, um, mainly on production. So I'm very, very close to production. Um So, yeah, we do that. And then I go into the office and I start working on marketing. I shoot 90% of the content of Pampa. So I'm like on shoot to shoot from product shoots to journal shoots. Um, And, yeah, I don't know, like tools that have helped me. I think Monday that is like an app like Asana has helped us a lot in getting organized. I really recommend that in having that in place, especially when you're growing your team. So everyone has their own tasks and know what to do through the day. Um, my market, my marketing calendar, I'm obsessed with. It's something that it's very new for us, but like I couldn't live without it. And and yeah, WhatsApp. I use WhatsApp so much too in the team internally here and with my artisans in Argentina and my team in Argentina. So. Yeah, my day-to-day starts really early and finishes always with a nice walk in nature with our dog, Poncho. I need that for my mental health as well. Um, But it's just like there's no structure. It's not that on a Monday I do design and on a Tuesday I do uh, marketing. It's all over the place and I do it a bit of everything. And, yeah, I'm very much involved in every stage of the business, hopefully, like the next 10 years of Pampa that changes. (laughs) I mean, as you said, um, you know, you've got this, this uh, marketing calendar and I'm curious to learn a little bit more about that, whether that's on like Google or how you've created that. But I think one of the things that you do really, really well, and I think this speaks back to your background, you know, in photography and perhaps even working for advertising agencies Um, is that the content that you create as part of your brand, you've got a beautiful journal that you produce. Um, You've got a published journal version of that that you have in store. Um, You you know, your Instagram feed is incredibly beautiful. Your Pinterest, what like what role does that play in your business? How important do you think that is? And, And how do you how do you manage that? You know, what what goes into that? Can you share some of that for people because again I think it's such a great you're such a great example of someone doing that really well and I think people might find that helpful to learn a little bit more about your process or what goes into that thank you I appreciate that though I feel I'm a mess sometimes but yeah thank you um it is such a big part of our business the journal um we um, decided to launch the journal. I don't know how many years ago we've been doing that, but we needed a way to showcase our products in people's homes. And we started working mainly with just uh, best clients that had beautiful different things of Pampa in their homes and went and shoot it and started that Mikasa series that is our most popular series. Um, and we work with the Google Calendar, really, but we just are very focused on like knowing what days we're doing what and when, how many t- times a month we're shooting. And like we have a set like EDMs going out like for product launches, for journal um, lo- uh, like release and things like that, you know, which is kind of balanced with between one and the other. So just to not put out there only product launches and not being so much like sell, 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 but just also try to um, create community and like lifestyle and inspiration for our for our clients or people that are subscribed to our newsletter. Um, same with our Instagram feed. We just go from like product to to lifestyle and, and so on. Um, yeah. Do you, do you plan it out much? Like, do you plan out your Instagram feed 
like on a weekly basis, monthly basis? Do you use apps for that? What does that look like for you guys? I'm still managing um, the Instagram of Pampa myself uh, with the help of my marketing team. So we use Planoli, um, but mostly for the stories. I feel like for the Instagram feed, yet it's much very... um, what I feel on the day, aside from knowing like I have X amount of EDMs a week, so I'm be, I'll be posting about that. But I can also post some a photo of the store that I liked the light that day while I was walking in the office. You know, like I, I I'm try to keep it quite um yeah, not so much planned so much. But we're kind of in a transition, I would say. Yeah, well, I, I mean, you've been, as we've mentioned, I mean, this is your 10th year. So I'm sure that, you know, it has evolved and it will continue to evolve. I mean, that's the, the whole process of, of um, you know, running a business. Right. Yes, for sure. For sure. Well, like Pampa is maturing. <laughs> <laughs> and so what would you say? I mean, I'm going to ask you shortly, you know, some questions about, you know, some of the, the lessons that you've learned, maybe in your life journey. But 10 years, I mean, that's, it's such a milestone. What have been some of your biggest lessons you've learned on this journey to creating Pampa? Or if you were to talk to, um, you know, yourself, if you could go back and sort of talk to Vicky as she was just about to start this, like, what are some of the lessons that you might say to her about, you know, what, what will work, what won't work, what, what you might want to do differently, patience, I don't know. What, what, what are some of the things you would say to her? I mean, or, like or, or product advice. Wise, yeah, product-wise, I feel like we, we, we've done it quite right, you know, from the get-go. It's not that I regret any product launch or anything like that. We started with the rugs and the cushions, expanded to throws and... Um, it kind of it feels right for us but mainly may would be my the biggest lesson i've learned would be uh not to bend out so much so i'm an aries with a rising sun in leo so my fire is so strong and i'm so determined and i push so much um, my my business that sometimes I get to that point of being exhausted and burned. Um, just being honest here, you know, it's good to to know the side B of of every of every story. So I would say the biggest lesson would be just chill out a little bit. You live in Byron Bay, not in New York City. Like <laughs> calm, calm, calm down, <laughs> things will work regardless. But yeah, it's just that fire in me that takes me to the next level, you know. Um, I could relate, sometimes. don't worry. <laughs> like, not a good thing, you know. It took me, took me to where I am today, but definitely had uh, burnt myself as well. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting, isn't it? It's like you, like um, Carl is a very calm kind of person. He's a very chilled out kind of guy. Um, you've cho- chosen to live in an area that is very calm and very laid back. And it's almost like you, maybe within you in some way, you know that you need that. Like, you know that you need someone like Carl in your life. You know that you need to live in this area that's like helps you ground yourself again, you know, and you got your beautiful dog and you know that you need to have like this companion that's there and, and, yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? How you know, because I can relate to that too. I mean, I'm I'm you know can sometimes be a thousand miles an hour as well, but I know what I need as well, and I know I need to kind of offset that with other elements in life too. It's such a journey, you know, trying to find that balance between um, getting where you want to go, but also like enjoying the ride and like taking in certain habits on a daily basis that helps you get further in a way as well um so yeah i i now know which are the things that help me and i try to gravitate for those through my working week as much as possible um and what are one of the, what are those things <laughs> walking my it sounds pretty like simple but seriously the walks with my dog is me and him in nature we just go to this beautiful national park near my place and like just observe the light 
uh, on the sunset and like sometimes even go for a swim. Those are the things that really fueled me aside from maybe just going out for dinner with friends. I have a really good friends um, group here in Byron that um, very inspiring women. So that's another thing as well, because I'm quite social um, that helped me through my week. Um, yeah. And just being at home and so, I'm such a homebody, like such a homebody, like with my books and in my library. Um, it's, it's a big thing for me. You know? Yeah. I actually, I, I did want to ask you about that. Um, maybe I'll ask this as the last question before we go into the final ones that I ask every guest, but, um, I mean, your home features in my book, um, Home by the Sea, which is about some of the homes in Byron Bay. It's a beautiful home, you know, very uh, thoughtful and considered. Um, you know, you've got that beautiful library that features in the book. What, like, what is important to you about your home? And you, you did renovate it. And so I'm curious, like, maybe you could share, like, what, um, what were some of the lessons that you learned in creating that home as well? Yeah, well, the concept of home um, has has been a really interesting process for me since um, moving to Australia. Um, I feel like Pampa in a way fuels um, that and helps me connect with that feeling of home. But the necessity to ground myself and create a space where I feel safe and I feel like relatable to my roots um, has been a big uh, journey for me um and like a beautiful thing to to navigate and and experience um the bookshelf is a big part of it because as i said it's like an inspiration from my grandfather i he had this massive bookshelf in his place and i always felt like one day i'm gonna have that and i remember the day we moved in after our renovations um here in our current home in, in byron and like i set up that bookshelf and i started crying i couldn't stop crying but it was just that accomplishment of like you know um okay i'm safe i'm i'm, I'm home i'm i'm good um that's just so beautiful a simple bookshelf you know but still like it carries so much more Mm. I love anthropology books and poetry and photography books. So there's a lot of that within there, aside from books that I brought from home from my grandfather and everything. So it's it's a big thing for me. That little space is where I'm, I try to meditate on only on a Sunday. I should be meditating more, but it's where I have my little rituals. I have this beautiful rug and this pillow and I sit down with my dog and yeah, it's my me time. Uh, place. Yeah, it's so beautiful, Vicky. Bring is honestly it's bringing a tear to my eye. But um, thank you for sharing that. Now, what about no, and and I also what about some of the lessons of creating that that home in terms of like you did renovate and um, you know I mean it's quite yeah. a it's quite a like humble home in some ways. You know, it's sort of like a um, like a brick home. You know, like from that era that like is around Australia and you've completely transformed it with the vision that you've had for that space, um, you know, what were some of the lessons about actually creating, I guess, like the design of what you wanted to look and feel and, and how you managed to maximize your budget while doing that? Well, um, you want to hear the truth? Sure. <laughs> the truth. <laughs> so we were in a super tight budget and while renovating, Carl and I and Poncho, our dog, we moved to our store. So we were living at Pampa. And I can't believe I'm actually saying this in this podcast. <laughs> we were living at Pampa and like renovating our home with our friend that who's a builder that he was great through the whole process. And it was three months of renovation. And we designed it all. My sister is an architect, so she really helped me through the process. We picked every single tile, every decision. Like there was no project manager on the, on the job. It was just Carl and I coming in daily and checking things and speaking with our builder about it all. And we knew we had this X amount of money to spend and we had to make it work. We knew we wanted like um, beautiful earthy tones throughout um, and spend like more money on beautiful tiles and then maybe not have a kitchen that is a wooden kitchen but it's a, a veneer um 
kind of style, you know, like you make compromises um, as you go. Um, but we're very, very proud on our beautiful, humble home, as you said. It's just a normal brick home from any suburbs of Australia, but like inside, I feel like treasures the most beautiful things that are important for Carl and I. Yeah, no, it's, you know, and I think that's, it's really actually so powerful that you share that, that you kind of moved into the shop while you were renovating because the truth is, I mean, I get people asking me this all the time. They sort of saying, but like how, you know, like I can't afford to do this with my home and I can't afford to do that. And, you know, I want to create a beautiful home and, you know, like they just see roadblocks. And yet so many people that I know who've kind of like created beautiful homes, you know, they've, they've times where they have to get creative or they have to get scrappy. And it's like, okay, well, you know, this is not forever. This is just what we're going to do. I actually know of someone else who whose home features in the book that her and her family would go and stay in. They had a cool little caravan, but they would go and stay in caravan parks and like hire out their home for very expensive photo shoots and things like that. So, you know, and that made their renovation happen. Like, you know, I think people oh. don't always see those things and they don't know those things. And, and yet it's like, that's how people sometimes make it happen. You know, it, it is sort of getting creative and scrappy and, and like just working with what you've got. And, you know, like, I mean, my husband and I have done, you know, various things like that over the years, you know, it's like, because and the choose, end result is, is worth it. Choosing your battles, like choosing like, okay, I want to spend more money on the tiles. So I'm not going to have like beautiful wooden doors. Um, we went for aluminium, like, I don't know, just like everything was a, like choosing within the budget. We had an, an, a very tight Excel that we lived for and we went every night with a glass of wine and something <laughs> had all the invoices paid and like that's how we make it work, you know? And and there's nothing wrong in saying this. I'm actually quite proud proud of it to be honest. Yeah. We did the garden ourselves. We all the plants we, we went and got them from this nursery that they like um rescue plants. He's this funny guy in Leonard's heads and probably you know him. But um so we didn't bought like plants from from a big nursery, some like, um, do you know what I mean? Like we just made it all happen. Like, yeah, it was it was a journey. <laughs> well, you now get to enjoy your beautiful home. So, you know, I, I definitely think it, you know, it was worth it. Or I, I'm sure you'd probably say that too. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you the final questions that I ask all guests. And the first one is, which five words best describe you? Ooh, well, definitely passionate, um, driven, so driven, sensitive, creative, enthusiastic. What's been the best lesson you've learned? It could be in home, life, business, whatever, or one of the best. Never the give up. Best lessons. Never. Yeah, never give up. What's your proudest achievement? Um, well, as I said just before, probably it's just creating the life that we have created for, for us and the home that we have created for us. But um, I would say turning 10 with Pampa is such a big achievement. And as well, we are a B Corp certified company as from this year. So that's been incredible, incredible to achieve. So we're very, very happy and excited for all the things we're going to be doing. Um, who inspires you? Um, Passion-driven human beings. I, I missed one. What was your, uh, what's been your best decision? Follow my intuition. What are you passionate about? Well, definitely textiles and wool. A hundred percent, but um, horses, yeah, I can't the deny that. Horses and your dog, very, very like I'm such an animal lover. What dream do you still want to fulfill? Well, becoming a mum. Um, after many years of fertility treatments, this is still a working progress for us. So all women out there struggling, you're not alone. 
what are you reading? What's on your bedside table or your coffee table at the moment? Well, these days I don't have much time for reading or I don't take the time enough for reading. So I tend to read more poems or little like shorter books. Um, one I love is The Radiant Life of Animals. It's written by an um, indigenous writer from the US, Linda Hogan. And she writes these beautiful poems about the relationship of um, animals and how we can heal our souls and like the spirit within that. And it's really, really beautiful. Um, I love Rupi Kaur and like Young Pueblo and all those sort of shorter books. Um, they're easy. And uh, I guess if I have to recommend a novel, that really marked me on my early days would be Just Kids of Patti Smith. Yeah, that's a great book. What are you listening to? Do you like to listen to podcasts um, or what sort of music do you like to listen to? Um, music would be one. I really love Gustavo um, Santaolalla and Nicola Cruz. And podcast, yeah, I'm a, I'm a podcast listener, of course, in print. Um, um, some business-orientated uh, podcasts, a uh, few that you actually recommend me. I'm obsessed with business of home. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but sometimes I go for expanded of Lacey Phillips or a good podcast, I'm not going to lie. Every now and again, you know, there's some good topics there. Yep. And finally, what piece of advice would you give to your younger self? Go for it. Good. So good. Well, thank you so much, Vicky. I'm so glad that we finally got to learn a little bit more about your early days, your journey to start starting Pamper and all the amazing things that you've achieved with it since then. So thank you so much for, for joining and sharing so honestly and openly with um with myself and the listeners i really appreciate that oh thank you natalie uh, i loved it thank you hope everyone likes it too all of the links and info for this episode are at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast don't forget to subscribe so that you can get a direct download of the latest episode and I really appreciate when you take a minute to rate and review, as well as share the love with someone you know who might benefit from this episode or on social media. If you'd like to access a range of free resources, come visit my website, nataliewalton.com. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast. And I would also like to acknowledge the people of the Bundjalung Nation where it was recorded and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton, and you've been listening to Imprint.